And I've, I'll be honest, I have been, I have had the music industry make love to me, and I've had the music industry yes, fuck me. That is so. true. <laughs> that is true. Music as a process. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and both can be fine. Thank you very much. Welcome to Two Shots at a Royalty Check, brought to you by Venmo. Your money, your move, and liquid death. Murder your thirst. Let's get back into it. The the lady behind the counter, uh, the cheese counter, was. I, she said, "That's my favorite cheese." I was like, "Hell yes!" Or she said, "That's my favorite Manchego," and I was like, "Awesome!" I was like, "What's your favorite cheese here?" And she, she, this big smile popped on her face, and she came out and she walked around. You have a pinky up. Can I'm. You ask I'm this is to see if I'm guessing right. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, she was so excited about cheese that she couldn't, she handed me four little, she's like, oh, and this is my favorite brie. It's more like a, you know, it's more like a, it's almost like a mozzarella. It's so, so mild and creamy. I was like, uh, and then she, and then she found some, like, she found like five, six cheeses. She was like, and these are my favorite. And she was so excited about cheese. It just, it reminded me that there's people out there that just love to do what they do because they love it you know and i just blessed are the cheese makers oh blessed be the fruit a fromagier i just was really excited that she was so excited about like her like her her cheese i've got a guy i'm working with in california who deals with a lot of like you know uh like music gear stuff and he is so excited about the stuff that they're making and the new stuff they're coming out with. And like, I'm just like, I love it, man. Just infect the world with that energy, you know? <laughs> Big cheese energy. <laughs> Big cheese energy. I just love it. Like, she was so excited about cheese. And I was like, you're really happy doing what you're doing, aren't you? And she, she said, yeah. And her family came to visit her. And she said hi to them. And we said thank you. And she then recommended this chili and fig jam to pair with our crackers and cheese that was fucking bomb. And I was just like so excited. She made my day better because she was so excited about cheese. Dude, we charcuterie all the time. And um, I was wondering if, if, if so I, I held my pinky up to see if the fact was that she did not have a singular favorite cheese. As most don't. Like, they'll be like, well, I can't say that I have a favorite cheese. I have a favorite brie. I have a favorite blue. Yeah. I have a favorite kind of cheddar, whether it's aged or white or, you know, yeah. all that. Yeah, there was a lot of that. But she said, t- when I picked up the Manchego, she was like, that's my favorite cheese. I was like, Manchego, oh, really? Right. I was like, wow. Because okay. I was going to, my guess was Stilton. A Stilton. Yes. A it's nice, a blue. robust Stilton. Yes. So, uh, welcome to the cheese episode. Uh, yes. <laughs> two royalty, two shots and a royalty cheese. Um, mm, the queen's welcome cheese. Welcome to two shots and a royalty cheese. The king's cheese. The king's cheese. Yes. The queen's gambit um, cheese. Look, cheese. Look, artisans are artisans wherever, wherever yeah. you go. There are good and bad. Hmm. I thought you were going to go. Uh, that's a fucking uh, Paul Death McCartney. Leopard, two steps behind, but uh... oh god, no! <laughs> yeah, I went. I I'm went sorry. 90s Post Death Leopard. Just terrible. Leopard. Yeah, I know. Doesn't that adrenalize that song? Oh, maybe it is. I think it is. Is on that record, and uh, no. no, I was like, you know what, Mutt? we've got it from here. We know what you're doing. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice try. You, yeah, you're good. It's a, I, there's the, there's that Def Leppard, um, from the hard rock. No, it's not from the hard rock. Um, it's in Vegas. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. it is the hard rock in Vegas. Yeah, maybe. But it's yeah. playing on Axis. Oh, nice. And there's some treatment on that because that is not what Joe Elliott sounds like right now. Aww. I mean, it's from five, six years ago or something, but yeah. And they, you know, to their credit, they do very live vocals and everybody yeah. sings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I've seen the recent. Mm. Look, it's like, what are you going to do? There's some high fucking notes. You, you know what's funny is I was watching this um, right before we got on here. I was I was cleaning something in this. I was, you know, like scrolling through the Instas. And there was a video of Tears for Fears. And it was, I think when we got on here earlier before we started recording, I was singing Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And you said, no, they don't. 
And what they did on this video is they were talking about their tour going out. And they showed a video of them in like 80, 88 or 89 or something like that out playing that song. I don't remember when that song came out. I think it was late 80s. Um, and then a video of them doing it in the studio now. And it was like this really cool thing where you got to see them kind of at their heyday arena tour. And then they, st- you know, they still sound fucking great. I mean, yeah. I, I think they were on Stern, uh, you know, maybe a couple, a year and a half ago or something like that. And they sounded amazing then. Yeah. It's like just fucking 85, great 85, by the way. 85? Yeah. Wow. So we are almost 40 years. That's 38 years ago. And, yeah. And, and they're still, those two guys still sound like that. I, a, I love that A little that different, meme. but yet to protect your voice, but you know. Have you ever seen that meme that like every picture of Tears for Fears looks like a couple that's still fighting <laughs> that just got over a fight because they're both looking away from each other and kind of yeah. pissy. It, yeah. They're all artistic, but they they look like a couple that's always just yeah just got out. They of got a in fight. a fight prior to the photo shoot, but they'd already paid <laughs> yeah. for it, so they were going to go through with it whether they're pissed exactly. at each other or not. Just shut up and get through this, Ken. Okay, get through this, Ken. We're going to hang it above the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay good money for. For glamour shots for you to come in here and ruin this. <laughs> for you to ruin this for me, Chad. Well, all right. Let's officially get into it. Welcome to Two Shots and a Royalty Check. Two Shots Music Pod, wherever you go, go to your socials and yell at people and post memes and stuff. You can find us there. Um, I thought that there was some interesting area to cover here this week because I have been struggling with making music this week. Oh, and Okay. I have not. Is is, is the uh, that's the short answer. I've not made or produced any fucking music this week, and that's not completely out of the norm. There are some weeks where I just get hammered on everything else going on in life. Um, I normally try work, to at least right? have. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Um, I normally try to. Uh, at least get some lyric writing done, at least get some song ideas done. You know, normally I have some nights where that's what my that's where my mind normally goes to. I'm a songwriter at heart. I normally write. That doesn't mean I'm going to open a DAW and get into it. That doesn't mean I'm going to pick a BPM or or yeah. anything else. But I normally I normally have snippets going around or I have a few songs I'm working on or whatever. And this last week it just was brutal. It was brutal. There are so many things that are just going on around me. And and so I just wanted to bring that up, that even even when you've done this for decades, even when mm-hmm. this is what you fucking do, and maybe even especially. Um, so I was talking to a mixer about this. I was like, "Hey, you ever had a week where you didn't mix something? Like, you know, that's all he is. He's a mix engineer. Not all he is. I'm sure he's, you know, producer and plays as well. But he's not yeah. primarily a creator. Yeah, he's not primarily." Yeah. A, Primarily a songwriter, He's the or polisher not, of other people's stuff. Yeah, not primarily an instrumentalist or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if he doesn't get stems, you know, he's not. He, I mean, as a mixer, it's hard to just go, okay, uh, today I'm just gonna mix. You know, if yeah, you don't, if you don't have something to work on. And so he was like, yeah, it was really depressing. He had this last month where he he had like a few weeks where he wasn't. He was just begging people, hey, send me something to remix. Just yeah. keep your chops up and stuff. Yeah. And so I thought it was important that people know that sometimes, you know, things can get away from you. Now, by the way, this doesn't mean I didn't work on music business shit. Of course I yeah. did. Uh, there's a yeah. whole bunch of crap. I. That's kind of my point here is that sometimes the business starts impeding on the creativity and and mm-hmm. and when you're sort of um you know you don't have a full team doing stuff for you yeah it's okay it's okay even that, when you do have a team some it's yeah. this is okay yeah and so i just i think it should be said that there are sometimes even even when you get to this stage in the game where you may not work on music for a week and that and not to feel guilty about it, i beat myself up as i always do yeah um, and, and I was, I was saddened, depressed, you know, de- depressed, disheartened, all that sort of thing. I'm gonna and ask and a then question. I just sort of realized, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's totally fine. 
How about you? Do you come through these times? Well, where I have you... a question for you first okay. b- b- to, regarding your your re- your response to uh, when you weren't feeling productive and you weren't feeling like doing anything, and you're you know you said you got depressed and you probably got a little frustrated with yourself. Like, well, I don't know, I feel like fucking doing anything. And my question is, and I ask this of 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 a bunch of productive and uh, artistic creator people is. How much of your self-worth do you have attached to productivity? Oh, good Lord. Well, I'm a, I mean, I'm a Gen X kid. So, I mean, you know, if I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. Yeah. And if I'm not busy, I hear my dad's voice in the back of my head. You're burning (laughs) daylight, right? You're burning daylight. Yeah. And, um, and you know, but that doesn't mean I don't take time for me. I really, I'm, I'm good. I'm better about that. Yeah. I, I won't say good about it, but I am better about it, especially in the last few years, um, of like just going. I'm just gonna play FIFA. Yeah. And what's hilarious play is AFC I, Richmond. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> what's hilarious about that? I don't know if you're the same way, but um, Whenever I'm able to disconnect from the laptop or the Mac or, you know, get away from the studio, get away from the stuff and just like, I'm, I'm going to go do something just, just for me. Yeah. As not as if all the rest of it isn't just for me either, but, but I mean, kinda, but I mean, just something away from it. I try to, you know, drop into a TV show like the, you know, we do that all the time or try to like play FIFA, something, you know, frivolous. Yeah. And whenever I do that, I find that I'm starting to write music in my head. Yeah. Like I'm listening, you know, we do sync of the week all the time and yeah. I'm always listening to the music. I'm listening to the score. I'm listening to, you know, how that plays. And it's the same thing yeah. with FIFA. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I'm able to just sort of check out a little bit, but do I feel guilty about it? Yeah. Now, in this case, this wasn't necessarily that I didn't feel like writing music or didn't mm-hmm. feel like producing. I just literally had no time. I yeah. mean, I, I literally, it was one of those last weeks where it was just emergency after emergency after has to happen today kind of thing that had yeah. to go on. Mm-hmm. And just real life got in the way of fun, creative stuff. And yeah. I think... That probably where I am in life is that I don't like I don't want to write about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you have one of those days where life just sort of beats you by the side of the head all the day. Yeah. I don't I don't want to go home and then live in that in two hours with a guitar yeah. and be like, you know, life sucks. Life you had sucks. a bad day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've written that song. I've you yeah. know, and I you know what I mean? Like I don't need to write that song to bring me out of it. And I certainly don't want to write that song to keep me in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's, that's kind of why I was like, I don't want to put that, you know, in the DAW. Like I don't, I don't even want it in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, I wanted to just, you know, wash the day away. I'm gonna wash that day right out of my hair. Very nice. How about you? Do you feel guilty when you don't? Okay, so I've I, like this. This conversation is very, very interesting to me because it's one of the things that I it, I talk to a lot of artists just like you do. And one of the things that artists really struggle with is a life-work balance. Good Lord. Because we've turned our hobby into our jobs. Jerbs! Jerbs! Our jerbs! <laughs> I finally saw that South Park, by the way. I think I texted you. I, that was seemed, awesome. They I was took like, my jerb! Yes, finally! It was so funny. It was really good. Anyway, uh, we, 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 we're not always great at striking work-life balance because music is, is fun and exciting. And playing a show is like getting up on stage and having that energy and writing, creating something new and feeling that flow. And um, I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine yesterday, and he said when he writes, his, the songs come to him 80% finished. You know, yeah, like he's got the often. whole thing mapped and orchestrated out in his head. I'm pretty similar to that. Me too. But I still, yeah. I still have to, you know, I still go through the, the. I have a daily habit of creating something, whether it is a full song or if it's a lyric idea. I'm always, you know, doing a free write at the beginning of the day to try and, you know, turn on the writer's brain. Thanks, Pat Patterson. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, for that little nugget. But uh, you know, like I'm always doing all those kind of things. But the hard part is setting of boundaries around that stuff because not only are we feeding ourselves this narrative that it's supposed to be fun we're supposed to do it all the time um society is feeding you this 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 narrative that you are always supposed to be doing something 
And if you're not doing something, you are not a worthwhile member of society. Now, fortunately, the new generation of kids coming up are aware that they need mental health days, that they need to take rest, that they need to set boundaries. And that is something that I'm really advocating for for artists is you have to learn how to rest too. So even if you're not feeling productive as a songwriter and you're not feeling, and you've got too many other things going on, like your yard caught on fire and your your dog, you know, like ate, you know, a bleach pack or something like that, or whatever the hell is going on that week. Those are both horrible examples. I apologize Good to anybody Lord. that might have triggered. Um, but Knock on uh, you know, like the hard part is like I was talking to another friend today. She's dealing with some some challenging things and she's, you know, be, literally her life and her universe and all of the things is forcing her to sit the fuck down and not do anything. She yeah. has to. She doesn't have any choice. Um, it's uh, it, it's a it's a challenging thing to recognize that, you know, we also you know, like, oh your, oh, your hobby is your job. You must love to do it. And you must want to do it all the time. It's like sometimes it's fucking exhausting and it's okay to sit down and go, <laughs> I just want to watch New Girl on Netflix, which is what I'm doing right now because it's one of my comfort food shows. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and not. I yeah. don't want to. I well, can't engage I, with all that. And I think, I think that we've talked about this a little bit is that I'm not interested in just and maybe it's kind of where we are in our careers and and i think that you know this might be an age difference thing like maybe in my 20s i was different but i'm not interested in just writing a song anymore yeah i'm interested in writing great music yeah like i'm i'm interested in that and i that doesn't mean that if i if i start into a song or something and i don't feel that it's great right away i'll quit not at all yeah I will I will see where that goes. And it's mm-hmm. not like I need to have it be great for me to finish it. But when I'm not in the right headspace or when I'm not in the in, have enough sleep or I'm just way too burned out or tired, I know that that's going to go from the pen to the paper. I know that's going to go from the window into to my the wall. guitar. Yeah, it's just like to the wall. Yeah. Um but I know that that's not going to have a great outcome and it's also not going to be therapeutic for me. And yeah. I think that songwriters, you know, have to like sort of, you have to approach songwriting, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think that a lot of times you have to approach songwriting um, as a therapist for yourself. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to make sense of the world through my point of view yeah. and change it a little bit so that you get it mm-hmm. uh, as a non-songwriter so that you hear it and you're like, oh, that's, yeah, that's the way a relationship ends or, or that's yeah. how this... Like you can see it in a different way than other people. That's what makes you different in the world as a songwriter is being able to sort of take a general topic and put your spin on it. And Mm -hmm. to some people that's very valuable, but it's also very valuable to you intellectually, Mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, soul wise to be able to, you know, not that you shouldn't go to therapy, but it's kind of like a first line of therapy of like understanding what you're feeling you you mm-hmm. can get to that by the second verse. Be like, yeah. oh shit, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I feel down. You know, I feel like I haven't been listened to or something, and yeah. you know that sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I think the the grander issue though is that like, I think that a lot of people that are you know stuck on TikTok and and in this grind world, especially because yeah. you have to put out so much music and do so much as a creator these days, mm-hmm. that I think it's inevitable that there's going to be people who are burned out, feel guilty, that they haven't done enough. And the startup sort of lifestyle of music these days, you need to realize that that's okay. And, yeah, and, that, and that possibly it's better than okay. It will give you the headspace to let the muse in. You know, yeah. you're, you're kind of, you're fighting your own muse Mm -hmm. if you are if you are forcing it if you're constantly tired or in a bad mood and so it's okay to take a break it's okay there is something to be just have a notebook ready (laughs) yeah that's there's something to be said for this i mean you and i have talked about being in a different place in our careers i mean we've been writing songs for 30 plus years for 30 plus years (laughs) to those of you in the back and uh you know 
that we've developed and grown these habits as songwriters, and we have our methods and ways of getting it out and getting through it if we get stuck or we hit some of these mindsets. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I don't have writer's block. I, yeah, I do not have. I do not usually yeah. get writer's block. I have ways to get past that and get through that. Yeah. Um, if I if I find myself, but we're talking about the desire to create here um, more so than the ability to create. Um, which and the I think forgiveness is, if you can't, like uh, everyone oh. has shit that goes on in their life, you know, yeah. and and like to forgive yourself if this week was not the week, you know, you canceled rehearsal. You didn't yeah. really work on that song. You, you're not yeah. picking up anything. You didn't write anything new. And then you're like, God, am I a musician? Because, you know, you are what you do, right? So you yeah. didn't do that this week. Uh, yeah. It's okay. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Because that's not all you are. And a lot of times, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but I know it's true for me and uh, and, uh, and several of my peers, um, th- this idea that we're only worthwhile and we're only valuable because of the thing we do. The thing we can do, our performing, our the, the the golden child is valued for what they do, not for who they are. You know, yeah. and if you have this, and if, especially if you're praised very young for a specific thing that you do, and you know it's kind of la- it's kind of lacking in other things, you tend to find that um, you attach your self worth to this thing you can do. And I am here to tell you that you are. What's the line from Fight Club? You are not the contents of your wallet. You're not your fucking khakis, you know, like that or something like that. And um, it, the idea you are a valuable, worthy human being without any of the abilities and uh, without any of the musical content, without any of this stuff. And if you can find a way to start yourself in that place and forgive yourself when you're not the, at the top of your performing game, because we're all going to have days and, you, you know, just understand it's part of being a human. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that was the point I really wanted to make to anyone who's listening to this is that I want to make sure that you understand that even if you didn't work on music this week, that doesn't make you not a musician. Yes. And that, and that the forgiveness to yourself, and thank you, younger generation, for giving us all the space to speak this freely about it, because mm-hmm. honestly, that's where it comes from, right? That's, oh, yeah. Like, thank you very much. Like, the younger people that I know that are so open about mental health and having that open space, and and yeah. here we are, two men talking to each other about our feelings. Um, yeah. It's great. It's great. Yeah. But, but more so than that is to go a little bit further and to say, you, by forgiving yourself, by allowing that week to be okay... Mm-hmm. Um, to be, that's, that's what it was and, and yeah. not placing any judgment on it. That is going to open yourself up to being more creative now in the yeah. now, you, you know, yeah. you're, otherwise you're still stuck back there. So yeah. forgive yourself about it and move on and, yeah. uh, and allow your, allow your muse not to fight with you and be like, you know, I'm trying to get in there and yeah. you keep worrying about that last week. So yeah, yeah. Allow it and, and be forgive you know, forgive yourself for it. Yeah. I was doing this, Katie and I were doing this workshop on writing good copy last night. We just, she signed up for something and we sat with a couple of notebooks and a bottle of wine and listened to this uh, woman speak. And I cannot for the life of me remember her name, but I'll look her up on the internet. Her name is Simone. I remember that much. Um, Simone Grace Soul. Simone Soul, S E O L on uh, on the Instas, and she's a she's a coach and a and a, a teacher, and you know I just dug the shit out of her vibe. But she was talking about this whole idea of you know letting things just be messy sometimes, letting yeah. it be you know this open and like just just do it, you know doing doing the con you know, writing the content, write a post that you're like not feeling it today. Everybody can fuck off. But one of the posts I put, one of the things she asked in this uh, in this uh, class was, um, "What are you about? What is your thing?" And I was trying to like quantify like you know all of the things I'm doing into one thing. And I said to Katie, I said, "I'm all about selfishness." And she was like, "Whoa!" It's <laughs> like I said, "But here's what I mean. Um, here's what I mean. If you don't spend time taking care of yourself." You cannot take care of anybody else. So 
you can't be present in a writer's room if you're doing a co-write. You can't be um, available to your muse when you're striking a creative balance between your your life and you know your music, and or where wherever that line lies for you. I, and it's the the airplane adage about you got to put your mask on before you can put anybody else's oxygen mask on because yeah. if you don't, then you're both the likelihood of you both dying in the plane due to lack of oxygen is greater. So put your mask on first. And the same is true with life. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of anyone else. And it shouldn't just be because you want to take care of other people that you take care of yourself. But you can't give fully of your gift and enter into your zone of genius. Thank you, Gay Hendricks, and the big leap for that piece. Uh, if you are not taking care of you. Yeah. So yeah. that's so- part of like this whole idea of forgiveness and letting things just be what they're going to be. And just take care of yourself. We all take care of yourselves, please. That's all I want. Yeah. Please just take care of yourself, which is hilarious because then what you would be about is being unselfish. Yeah. You're able to (laughs) take care of all the things you need to take care of if you've taken care of yourself. Yeah. As long as you're a little selfish, you can be selfless. Ooh. (laughs) That's maybe, that's maybe the thing. I wonder what I'm about. Joy. I'm about joy. Selfishness and joy. This is I the podcast. Um, I know. I will. I will absolutely take. Like I'll I'll catch on something that I want to write about, and I will mm-hmm. take thirty minutes to put it out there because I hope that other people get joy from it. But yeah. I get joy from doing it. Yeah. Like even if it even if it doesn't nail, if it's not like some viral clip or whatever, I just yeah. I'm still like that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Was, I'm all about yeah. the fun. I like the fun. I got to record a a, a very, very, very fancy violin this weekend, and part of it was a job, but the other part of it was I got to set up a a couple of microphones in a nice room with an incredible player and an incredible instrument and record it, and I was like, that was fun. Yeah. I don't get to do that every day. Those are the moments, yeah, Yeah. totally. So, yeah, I, I mean, I totally feel that. That joy is really, it's part of it. You know, we all get that joy from being on stage and performing and having a crowd sing all your lyrics back to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And and like every now and then it comes up to where, you know, it, during this week in the desert, it was so funny because <laughs> I I played, I played card, we had like a, a night of drinking and playing cards with friend and... Excellent. And uh, some song I wrote came up from... God, you know, many, many years ago. And yeah. this girl, this woman that I know, she was like, oh, yeah, that, remember that song? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. I was oh. like, what? What the hell made you think of it? She was like, I was listening to it the other day. Oh, cool. I was like, the only reason I know that is because we got together and played cards. But like, she wasn't nice. going to call me or email me. And I think, yeah. I think that's also instructive for recording people, recording artists to understand. There are some people that listen to your shit that are never going to tell you. It's yeah. not an automatic feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, nor should it be. That's not like why you, you want people to listen to it so that they can yeah. tell you, I really listened to it and I like it. You yeah. know, there, yeah. there is that aspect of it. It's nice to hear it, but I yeah. think it's, Part of it is learning to love the process of creating, even when, you know, it's hard, you know, like, because it is hard sometimes. That's what she said. And uh, (laughs) sorry, I just it's I'm going to lie down. Um, But it's it's difficult at times. See, I changed it there uh, to be creative. Yeah. But you part of the living a healthy and balanced life is finding joy in the process, not just in the result. Actually, that's going to find you more joy is if you're process-oriented versus result-oriented. If you're only looking for, um, you know, I want to write a song that gets a billion streams and, the, and you know, has a you know, million views on YouTube, there are specific genres you can work in to make that happen, yeah. and you may not be playing there. So if that's your only goal, change up what you're doing to uh, mumblecore... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's and so funny. I this is this is really instructive. I, when e gaming was starting, yeah, I have a friend who is that classic stoner guy that you know, uh, you know, just drinks Kool Aid and plays video games and eats right. and eats chicken nuggies. 
Yeah, and I mean, well into his adulthood. This guy is very much, he could have a kid in high school, okay? He's, a, he's, he's that guy, okay? But he's a massive <laughs> gamer. He was a massive, yeah. massive gamer. And yeah. stoner dude, lovely guy, wouldn't, wouldn't hurt anybody. He just loves gaming. And mm -hmm. he had an opportunity, and I think it was for Gears of War, but nice. he had an opportunity to join this group that was going to Montreal to play in an esports tournament. Oh, cool! Um, uh, and and so as for they're going to start a team. So I got involved, and as I do, I was like, <laughs> you know what, dude? I will fucking sponsor you. We need to get jackets. We got to get. Aww. We got to get stuff. So we, I'll, I'll sponsor your team. You know, I'll have my company sponsor it. We'll do all this. I want to get, I wanted to know how the music worked in it. Can we do promos? Yeah. I got all into it, right? Cool. And I was like, if you finish like top five or higher, I'll sponsor yeah. your next tournament. I'll pay for your whole entry fee, all this stuff, right? Yeah. So he, they have to practice. Mm -hmm. So they would get together every night. And instead of getting together and playing and smoking pot and laughing and playing all night, they had to practice like one little kill shot. Like kill box. Uh, mm. If you play Gears of War, there's like yeah. certain you know yeah. sections where you're like you know what's going to happen, and so you mm -hmm. got to figure out how to figure it out. Yeah. And so they get they get they go to Montreal, and mm -hmm. one of the guys just totally screwed up what he was supposed to do. Mm. And they come back, and my buddy is just like just downtrodden about the whole thing. And he's yeah. like, you know what, dude. I don't want to play. I, okay, listen, he kind of sounds Cartman? like Cartman. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, you know, dude, I don't want to play games anymore for a living because it just takes the joy out of it. You know, man? Yeah. I mean, I just want to smoke some pot and play some games, man. Dick and, and balls, hot am, dogs. It became a job to him. Jerb. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, like, how, how do you do music when it's a job to you? Mm. And I was like, because I like the practice. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to do well at the show. I want mm -hmm. to do the show well, or yeah. whether you release a song or the pitch or whatever it is. Yeah. But I like the actual minutia. Mm -hmm. I've always liked yeah. the minutia. I've always liked going, should that be a G? And messing yeah. with it. Or, yeah. or, you know, like, and songwriters will understand this if you're listening, like that the idea that when you get to a line and, and you know that that line that you just wrote is kind of boring. Yeah. And that's kind of a known sort of l lyrical rhyme or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you switch it up, you change it, and you find that one word, that turn of yeah. phrase, the rhythmic yeah. in it. And and you get it, and you're like, to me, that's like the glory. Like, I don't give a fuck yeah. if that song hits the radio. I'm like, yeah. oh, I did that. I turned yeah. it around. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it can always turn into a job. And, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean it's always great. No, you, sometimes you gotta you gotta work a little bit, but yeah, uh, I have the something has changed for the, in the last like at least two three years with me in live performance. It's probably the last two years. I've been playing live in venues since the 1900s, everybody, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and one of the things I noticed was that I was missing a lot of these great shows. I'm like. 40-something years old, and I don't remember that show. Yeah. Why do I not remember the show? Because I know it was good. I know there's a lot of people out there screaming their dicks off uh, and, you know, having a, having a great old time. Why do I not remember it? And so what I started doing is starting trying to make a conscious effort to be present at the show and realize that I wasn't actually having the the show is the easy part. I've already done all the work. Yeah. This is the place to be present and resonant and engaged with the people. And when that changed, I became a much bigger fan of playing live than I had been um prior because you do it so much at a certain point you just kind of get burned out on it. I mean, I was playing up until about seven or eight years ago, I was playing 200-something shows a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, touring all over the damn place. And so, you know, you find your joy back in, put the, find the joy in it again. You have to learn to, you know, be present in it. And you're, you're, you, like the, you like the process of, like, you know, the songwriting. Should that be a G? Because every time you listen to that song, 
I or every time I would listen to one of the songs that I wrote, there's some songs that I listen to and I get really emotionally moved by. Even, you know, even though it's like I wrote that, it's like I'm able to talk to myself from the past and the future a little bit. It's like this timeless thing and recognizing that, you know, like, oh, I'm I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I'm feeling yeah. like I, I don't have it together, like having a song that um, I, I did that with, I've written a couple of lyrics in the last year or so that I was like, ooh, that's a... That one cuts right to the right to the marrow, doesn't it? You know, yeah. yeah. But like that honesty in songwriting and that presence in performance, those are good. Those make for a much richer creative experience, I believe. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think comedians, I think writers in general go through that, like where you hear uh, a line. I know, it's like just for me, there's sometimes where I've heard a line. And I'm like, ah, that's pretty fucking good. And someone will tell me that was mine. Yeah. They'll be <laughs> like, no, no, really? No. Well, that guy, no, that guy's wasn't. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Or that was pretty good. Yeah. And I, I know I've spoken to comedians who do the same thing where they'll hear a joke and they're like, dude, that was yours. You're like, really? That was a pretty good punchline. Like there's <laughs> zero fat on that joke. That's a great <laughs> joke. You know, and that's, I think that's, that's yeah. a lovely part of it. I, I talked to somebody about this, about live playing once, and uh, he brought up a point that I think is interesting here. He said, you know, when you play live so much, it's like being like a Lothario at sex, like being kind of slutty <laughs> and you play yeah. that many shows, yeah. you can have great sex all the time yeah, and not remember it. Yeah. You know, two years later, you don't remember that Tuesday on the kitchen sink yeah but but like it was great in the moment yeah and and like that's okay that's mm-hmm. okay if you're if you're stuck in the moment or whatever and like so like if it, it may be that you don't remember all the shows but yeah but there are some that stand out <laughs> like a threesome i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i i but yeah. yeah i mean being present you know sometimes you don't want to make love all the time Stu. you know what i mean no yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, and I've, I'll be honest. I have been. I have had the music industry make love to me, and I've had the music industry fuck me. So. Yes, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Music as a process. That is yeah. absolutely true. Um, yeah. And and both can be fine. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's all part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, scene. Yeah. Should we? Uh, I guess. Uh, Let's touch on the TikTok thing really quick here. Uh, I know. I don't know Senator. if we should or not. Maybe not. Fuck Senator. TikTok. I know. Is it, it, do you, Can you get into the Wi-Fi? Listen, I'm, I think we'll, we'll go into it a little bit more in depth because I got a kind of a guide on how to do TikTok a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, but let's not do that now. What are your feelings? Are you on TikTok? Do you like TikTok? Do you have like a really quick statement about TikTok and whether it should be banned or not? Yes, and it should not be banned, and I think TikTok is great. Now, the data questions that are going on the other side, I don't know about that. But as far as uh, you know, a tool for me as an artist, it's fucking great. Amen. Yeah, I mean— Listen, I think anyone that's ever shopped at Radio Shack or had a Blockbuster card <laughs> needs to shut the fuck up about data. You already lost it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, Nobody reads those user agreements. It's a lot easier to go buy your data. First of all, I, like I know this from being in startups. Like I could go to three or four companies. If I had the money, I could go mm-hmm. buy your profile. I could go buy yeah. all the data associated with you everywhere on the internet from your email to Facebook to Cambridge Analytica to everywhere mm-hmm. you've ever used it, your MySpace yeah. shit, everything. It's much easier to buy a full package of you than to mine your data right now. Um, it's, it's much easier to buy it and you can buy it from anywhere. So I don't, that doesn't mean I don't think there should be curbs on it. I do, but yeah. I don't think the government's ever been serious about guarding our data um, with anyone, whenever there's a break into Target or 
you know, Binance or well, like wherever, where, yeah. wherever the break-ins have been or hack mm-hmm. or whatever, and all your information's gone. Even if a settlement happens, you don't get a goddamn dime. You don't get anything. So yeah. it, it just, there's, there's never been a company that's been put out of business for not being safeguarding your data correctly. And, and until that happens, it's going to continue to happen because mm-hmm. when you have profit, in a company and you're like, okay, well, that's just risk management. We might have yeah. to pay the FTC $200 million over 10 years, whatever. We already made a billion, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's my it's stance on the cost of doing business side. right then at that point. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just part of it. It's just part of your risk management profile and you, you got it in the budget. And um, anybody who signs up for Spotify, Apple Music, or any streaming site has to click, I agree to the terms and services. Yeah. On this platform to do it. And nobody's fucking reading it. No. Nobody's going through and saying, because it basically says in there, we're going to collect your data to feed you better recommendations for your thing. But we're also going to use that data to sell you more dildos and donuts. Yeah. Which is my new term. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure it's to say dildos and donuts on it. And, okay, look, I've been involved in app development and startups and, and things around music and, and rights. Mm-hmm. And so... Part of it is necessary. Um, yeah. If you want to share a Spotify song on your on your site, um, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have to give up some of your privacy. Your privacy. It's just like the Facebook graph, the the social graph. And yeah. so, like you, if you're logged into Facebook and you go to another site or whatever, there's a little pixel that says you can share to Facebook, and all this stuff changes. But there yeah. is a reason for that to why someone isn't selling you women's clothing. Yeah, it is kind of a good thing that people know who you are, that you're a male, that you're this age, that you live in America. Mm-hmm. There, there are some things about it that otherwise yeah. the internet would be completely wild. You would be sold women's shoes. You would be sold like a bunch of things that, you know, and I, I have been. Well, because yeah, I, I don't bought women's shoes. If you got before. twelve, if you got twelve wide. I'm in. Um, yeah, I do like those uh, Manolos. Yeah, I will um, also say this: there's no good men's clothing out there. So oftentimes, I will buy a woman's shirt or pants because they're way cooler than men's clothes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So here's my little take on TikTok, um, and and we'll dig. Like I said, we'll dig into this maybe another time. I first of all, I don't think it's going to be banned. I, I think, think so this either. is a, they went way too far with that bill. Um, <laughs> the whole the whole problem with you know a lot of this is xenophobia against China. Yeah, and I hate to tell you, but you know, I got a MacBook over here. I got an iPhone over here. Spotify Spotify uh, has 9% ownership by Tencent. That's one of the biggest streaming companies in China. And yeah. so, you know, they buy partially own Universal Music Group. So all these people, they're like, anything having to do with Chinese government ownership? I'm like, oh, get ready. You're going to lose half your shit. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot. And, and that's the way China works. It's like half mm-hmm. communist, half capitalist. It's, yeah. you know, it works kind of in a bunch of ways. However... Yeah. My big takeaway on this is that if TikTok were to go away, it would eviscerate the modern music business, especially for independence. The amount mm-hmm. of hits that have come off TikTok, the amount of independence that have gotten, you know, um, direct money, direct money from streaming, from blowing up, from getting yeah. bigger gigs and all of that. It is a major thing. And I have people in the music industry who are friends, people that work at majors who have told me, mm-hmm. oh... That's what they yelled about with MySpace. Oh, that's what they yelled about with Napster. There'll be another one that replaces it. And I am here to tell you, again, as someone who's worked a little bit in the startup world, ain't nobody investing in another startup app like that. Yeah. It's not AI. It's -hmm. not crypto. Like, that's that's where the Silicon Valley money is going. And... There's very little Silicon Valley money going around because of SVB Bank going down. And so this is a different world in that, yes, it used to be the case an app would go down and another one would take its place. Friendster gives way to Twitter, gives way, you know, whatever. Yeah. That was the case. We're living in a completely different world for apps being developed now. Yeah. And... And that is an important thing to understand. If TikTok goes away, there isn't another one that's just going to come and get it right away. It's an acquisition world. That's what happened to Vine, where Twitter buys Vine and then kills it. Um, And so TikTok, I think, is really important for independent musicians. And we'll get into it another time. 
But the biggest thing I would say to you is there are there is no other platform, and let me be very clear, no other platform where you could put out a piece of music, 30 seconds, whatever, right? And reach a million people tonight. Yeah. None. Not YouTube, not Twitter, not Facebook, not Instagram. There is no other platform, not SoundCloud, not Spotify. All yep. of those are kind of run by the ecosystem of the algorithm and without yep. paying for some advertising or boosting without, you know, but you could be literally somebody with a hundred followers, 200 followers, little engagement, and you could literally blow up and hit a million people that heard your song. Mm -hmm. You should not be for getting rid of that. <laughs> that's yeah, I agree. And that's my point. So there yeah. you go. Um, so that's TikTok. All right, yeah. let's get on to favorite sync of the week and wrap this up. I wanted to drop into this a little <laughs> bit, and I'm going to put this yeah. little sheet on the next to the podcast where you review and rate and subscribe and leave us dirty messages and stuff. Um, and this would be a free download. But but I basically I was asked this question a few weeks ago, and I thought, well, this this might be interesting for the podcast. It was basically yeah. like, what kind of music should I do for sync? Um, it's a tough question because yeah. sync is varied, right? It's all over the place. It depends yeah. on who you're pitching and what you're pitching for. Um, but there are some general guidelines, really more of a guideline than a rule. Um, <laughs> and so there are some guidelines. Um, and there's a, there's a big movement. Sync does this where it's, a, it's very much a pendulum swing. For a while, yeah. sync was very much about having only artists that were doing sync. Like they wanted yeah. artist-driven songs that were doing sync. And mm -hmm. then they wanted basically sync artists that would be able to write completely to a brief and yeah. like then turn that in. It's not really a song you release. It's not really an yeah. artist name. We've swung back around. I'm seeing this a lot again of like they really want artist-driven syncs, meaning it's kind of songs you would put out anyway and it just matches naturally. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But there are thousands of these kind of opportunities, so it's it's hard to tell what the industry is. There's not really uh, one answer to this. But yeah, um, so all music, any music, can be synced with the. It's it just comes down to the perfect song, the perfect price, and the perfect placement, and that's that's yeah. it. If it's not in, if it's not all those three, a lot of times it won't it won't work. Yeah. So, but there are basically five major types of syncs, and one is beds, and this is underlying instrumental cues. Um, they can mm -hmm. be poppy. Uh, for a long time, it was Jesus. These ukulele happy songs with claps. <laughs> and if you know about that, if you were in that, if you, this was about five years ago, or God, everything yeah. they wanted was just blink a blink a blink a. Thank you, Ryan Tedder, for the hand claps. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. owe you money for that. Um, the other <laughs> thing for beds is anthemic music. So big cinematic swells. Uh, you can think gaming walkthroughs, things that seem epic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then there's also sort of background music uh, that is just sort of just in the background, a nice, sometimes that's lo-fi, sometimes that's just a, a bed of music behind there. So that's bed yeah. music. The number two mm -hmm. big thing is, and these aren't in any given order. Um, because it depends on the project, but a happy sync. These are things that come up all the time in briefs. Things about the time of our life, best friends, the world is mine, life is so good, party scenes. You know, yeah. get on up, let's let's do that kind of song. Um, yeah. A third kind is a moody sync. These are yeah. sad songs, broken, the world is ending. Um, this can also yeah. be like against the man. This could be yeah. a. Um, a rebellious kind of song about taking the system down. Um, those are those are always in demand um, for certain sort of placements. And then there are signature songs, and this mm -hmm. is basically like major label releases that come out, and they may not even pair with a scene exactly. Um, mm -hmm. Like the latest single that comes out from, like, say, Doja Cat, is used in a driving scene. Well, mm -hmm. it may not be setting the time or the place or the theme of the music actually matches the emotion, but it's just like, this is a fun song. We know it's a hot new single. We're going to place mm -hmm. that in. It's a signature song. In the Fast and Furious Fast and Furious, yeah. Um, it could be Led Zeppelin, like, going to California uh, for the airplane mm -hmm. scene in Entourage. 
You know, mm-hmm. this is something that happens 40 years past Led Zeppelin. They probably don't even listen to Led Zeppelin. But it's a great yeah. form of a signature song. It was kind of yeah. a get to get it. You know the song. Um, sometimes this can be like a director or a soup. They just have a favorite. They just have a favorite. Yeah. They're going to put that song in somehow. I want to get it in there. That doesn't Guardians mean... Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it doesn't <laughs> work for the scene. It will yeah. work. Um, but like Bill Lawrence and uh, Krista Miller did this a little bit on oh, Shrinking, God, yeah. where they yeah. found someone and they found a song and they're like, um, we're just going to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it, it's kind of, it could also be a hip song being used for an iPhone commercial. You see this a lot in tech commercials, Android, yeah. iPhones, that sort of thing. Just sort of a cool, hip newer sounding song doesn't mean that the theme of the song matches what the product is. So that Mm -hmm. is like a signature song. And, and for indies, um, you know, this, this is going to be up a long hill for you to climb. (laughs) Speaking of running up that hill, running up that hill, Uh, which brings us right before me perfect song placement, uh, which is exact song, exact time and place that the scene is setting or the commercial is setting it aligns Mm. perfectly lyrically musically thematically time-wise um it's oriented in a time and a place and a period um works perfectly with the visual and in some cases these perfect songs can also be signature songs so running up Mm. that hill is a great example um yeah and and you can see that with like classic big band songs being used in a 1940s setting or you can see it yeah in 1960s hippie songs being used to set the tone for like a hippie scene um yeah. you know and the same thing with like an 80s synth song um what we i just saw one that was using um pet shop boys um, for uh, I've got the brains, you've got the bra, and let's make lots of money in like an 80s yuppie cocaine driven <laughs> scene. And, and it was happening in the 80s. That's a perfect placement, style. you know? Yeah. And so yeah. those are those are the main things. Of course, other things can be set for like sports theme songs or whatever. But those usually fall into one of these five categories. There is a there is a sixth category that is very strange, and this brings me to my <laughs> sink of the week. So Yay. the weird category is called an anachronistic placement. Ooh. It's a big word. Thank you. Uh, you can Venmo me your quarter. <clears throat> Venmo. That was going to be a nickel. Your money. Your move. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, an anachronistic placement. This is where the song that's used in the in the scene, and a lot of times this is um, a song that has lyrics, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, or it's a known a known placement, and mm-hmm. it completely is against what's in the scene in the time and place. A mm-hmm. really good example of this is if you've ever seen Peaky Blinders. Yep, takes place in 1918, 1919, somewhere around there. And there's a whole bunch of Jack White and mm-hmm. White Stripes as music. Yeah. Now it can work thematically, but like at first, when you first hear it, you hear Jack White and there's people walking around with top hats on and time watches yeah. and stuff, um, you know, and, and, you know, old horse driven carts and stuff. That is an anachronistic placement. When it works, it works well. It kind of throws you off a little bit because it's yeah. it's a little bit out of the norm of a music supervisor. But God, if mm-hmm. you can do this as a music supervisor and pull it off, ooh, it's brilliant. It works really well. Yeah. So this brings you to mine. My sync of the Excellent. week is from a show called Rogue Heroes, <clears throat> which is, I think it was on Stars, but now it's on MGM Plus because they're making mm-hmm. the... The transfer over. Mm. It started on BBC. It's a limited mm. six uh, episode series, and it's about, about right. it's about the uh, um, uh, the origin story of the SAS in Britain, how it got to be, how it started, and this happens cool. in the Second World War, fighting against the Nazis and Germans. The mm-hmm. English are trying to hold off them in North Africa. And this hmm. little rogue group of heroes wants to uh, create their own little regiment, and they do, and that becomes the SAS, which is still um, in in uh, in action today. But wow. so I, I'm watching this thing. It's Northern Africa. It's 1938 or 40, somewhere around there, right? Second World War, mm-hmm. 
And here comes what I know is Angus Young's guitar. And yeah. they're driving Jeeps through the desert. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the song is If You Want Blood, You Got It from ACDC. Nice. And I'm like, Very oh, nice. an anachronistic song placement. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this was me <laughs> relaxing, watching a fucking show. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I got to go down. I got to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, as I continue to watch the show. So that that is it. That's If You Want Blood, ACDC. Amelia Hartley is the soup on it. Um it's set in World War II in Africa and using ACDC. And then as it goes through, it's using Black Sabbath. It's using oh, Killing yeah. Joke. It's using Motorhead. That's an odd one. That's really I mean, cool. they go way deep. It's not just nice. like rock songs that you know. There's some punk in a boxing scene. There's nice. You hear Lemmy. Now, it all works because a lot of it's hardcore, like a lot of it's hard metal. Or, or yeah. metal from the time. And yeah. um, and so, you know, it just kind of shows the grit of, mm-hmm. of what it would be like to be fighting in the World War. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was an amazing use of anachronistic placement. And um, mm-hmm. so there's a little term that you lear- learned today. And there's my, there's my big something. thing. Well, I don't know if you did, but maybe somebody did. Um, but yeah, if you want blood, ACDC. And this is... Uh, this is Bon Scott ACDC, by the way, so yep. you'd, you'd go back yep. for that. Also, Rogue Heroes, pretty cool show, kind of weird. It's only six. It's a limited yeah. series. Um, I, they yeah. may be doing another one, but it's a BBC thing, and I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I like the I like the BBC shows. Um, they there's a I was trying to figure. We've talked about this. Like there's a way the BBC shows look. Yes. Yeah. And I and I can't quite figure out how they do it. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? an it's editing like, trick and also a camera trick. But yeah. 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 It looks it looks a certain way. And I can always tell. Like oh, this is probably shot. You know, in uh, uh, what's the studio they use for Star Wars? Um, uh, you know, somewhere in London. You know, you can just you can see it. Um, by the way, uh, any uh, any time I had a bunch of hard rock bands that we had any sync opportunities, we were always told it would be during the drug raid scene, or they'd be uh, you know like busting some white supremacists and they'd be <laughs> blasting some heavy metal, and it would be our song. And I was like, God damn it, can we have something a little bit less um, aggressive? They're like, Listen to your music, man. I'm like, Oh, fine, fine. Anyway, um, my sync of the week, well. I've got two, but I'll, I'll start with this one. I am such a huge fan of Ted Lasso. I can't even stand it. But last week's episode with the Jesus Christ Superstar placement Ugh. made me... I When I caught what it was, I sat up and I went, Oh my God, this scene is amazing. Like, the, the scene was, was amazing, and, you know, there's a whole lot of shit going on. But when that started playing and the slow motion camera work's happening and... The character's up on the stands with his arms in the air, and you just da da da. I was just, I was like so happy, I couldn't even stand it. It was absolutely amazing. It was amazing, and you know, it was it was so unexpected, you know, that that was the that was going to be the choice there. I just loved it. If you get a chance, um, the guy that edited that scene, his name is AJ. Cataline or Catalini, um, mm-hmm. and he is—he's um, an ace. He's an—he's an editor. Mm. They were given cards by Jason Sudeikis on that montage, so yeah. that he knew what the montage was going to be for that scene for Zaba. Mm-hmm. Um, like how they're, you know, the, the team, if you, you will see it by this point, but the team starts winning and everything starts changing and Jesus Christ Superstar comes on. He said that they auditioned like four or five songs, but that was one that he wanted. And he was <laughs> oh, like, cool. I, I just thought this would be perfect because he's the, the second coming and Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. And he had always loved, um, the album and the, and it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Yeah. yeah, and he'd always yeah, loved Andrew, Andrew Lloyd, Lloyd Webber, yeah. and yeah. he knew that Andrew Lloyd Webber's son was sick, and Wait, who has now passed, apparently. Yeah. Um, and so, oh. if you get a chance, you can look him up, AJ Cataline, C-A-T-O-L-I-N-E, on Twitter, and yeah. he does a whole thread of how that scene was put together. You get to see wow. the cards on the table, like the little sticky notes on the table. 
And, it, but it's interesting, I think, for people that are that want to get into sync to understand, it's not just somebody in an office listening to music. A lot of times, there is somebody who is just passionate, and they are in yeah. the editing room, and and it just comes down to what works. And you yep. may, you know, there could have been other songs. They said he said he auditioned many songs for it. So understand, like when you get into you know a cue or something, and you get into yeah on hold. It may not work in the edit. It may just not work. But really, he's the yeah. one that championed that song. The editor is the one who got that song through. And yeah. I think it's it, and it just happened last week. So if mm-hmm. you get a chance to go through that thread on Twitter, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see exactly how it came about. It that's really cool. Yeah. Um, did you see that? I saw I saw an interview with somebody that was working with Scorsese on Casino. And uh, they were talking about how there was a certain scene when De Niro's like he's eyeballing somebody he's going to kill. And uh, they were they were, you know, kind of mapping it out, maybe storyboarding it out. And of course, he just goes cream. <laughs> and he goes, what the fuck are you talking about? And he knew he wanted I think it was Sunshine of Your Love that was in that scene. Yeah. Or something like that. And he just knew that, like, as as the director, he could see it in his his mind, in his mind's eye. Yeah. Um, you know, and the soundtrack was that song to this scene. Yeah. And, um, or it was, maybe it was white room or something like that. Um, but I just, I love that, you know, creative, like Tarantino does that. James Gunn's clearly doing that. Yeah. You know, there's all these, there's all these directors that I think Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez does a lot of this too, you know, where they have a very specific vision and a very specific soundtrack that goes underneath. And as a, as a, songwriter very often i go the other way i hear my music and i can visualize i can kind of see what i want the video yeah or the other piece of it to look like yeah so i just love that that's part of it but that's also a reason for understanding that uh, sometimes your music has to get into the world to be available for people to visualize something so you know those songs don't don't stick in a director's head or an editor's head or whatever if yeah. if they're not available or if they're not mm-hmm. if you're not pushing it so it it is a it is a counterbalance between having something unreleased which is very beneficial to you sometimes pitching to have something unreleased if it's if it's one of those songs that's going to blow up a little bit but but to understand that just sometimes songs come back they come back eventually yeah. because someone heard them and it meant something to them and later on in yeah. their life now they're the editor or the music supervisor mm-hmm. or the director or whatever and they're like yeah I want to use that yeah. song. You see it happen with indies too. It's not just no, majors yeah. and 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 that's why I wanted to explain in this is that there there is a the beauty about sync to me is that it is it's almost nothing but creative. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of like there is a money threshold, there is a budget, you know, but mm-hmm. like if the song works perfectly for the scene, they'll do anything to make sure it's in there. And yeah. and that could be your song, you know, and it yeah. like there's this again with uh, Bill Lawrence for shrinking, there's this artist Charlotte, I can't remember her last name, but you could probably find out on her Twitter. Um but this artist Charlotte that he fell in love with. That's just like this song has to be on something. And he had heard it with Krista Miller and, and they ended up placing mm-hmm. it. And she's yeah. not signed. It's not a huge song. It's just yeah. something that meant a lot to them. So Yeah. I uh I've enjoyed uh they've been posting on on her Instagram. Uh like cause she's been uh, Krista Miller's been, you know, kinda leading a bunch of the a bunch of the sync stuff on on shrinking for sure. Um, and they, she talks about kind of how, what, why they chose certain songs and what they, how they found it and what they, and those two are actively listening to a lot of new music all the time because they're music fans. And so when they're creating these scenes, they're, they're, you know, whatever they've, they've come across may well end up in this, in the scene. Yeah. And I want, I want to clean that up a little bit. Her name is Charlotte Lawrence. And uh, the song is Body Bag. Mm. And oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't Mm -hmm. coming out until um, March 31st. Mm. But um, like she she got a placement on it, you know, and and yeah, 
She got it, and it worked. Are you out. saying that unreleased music has got a premium attached to it these it really days, Mister St. James? Because the other thing is that, like, this, she had like an article written up in in, in the ME. And again, mm-hmm. any one of these things when you're releasing music doesn't matter altogether on its own. It's mm-hmm. it's everything at once. The song is in a show, and it, and the ME put out. You know, a little a little write up of it, and your link to yeah. has the new pre save, and all of these things kind of work to where when it all gets pushed in at once, and then the producer of the show and the writer of the show tweets about it, and yeah, yeah. Suddenly, you have forty five thousand followers, and the song is like burning up. You know, I I wanted to see what her um what it did on YouTube because mm-hmm. it it did very well. I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it until I saw him tweet about it. And, um, and I did, I listened to it. It was really good. It's a, it's a sad, it's a sad fucking song. Um, but so like not, not a major release, right? This is not Mm -hmm. a huge major release. It's got, it was released four days ago and it's got 35,000 views. Okay. Nice. So, you know, but that's like for, for this kind of artist, that's pretty awesome. And she just put out an EP, um, you know, it's not. She's not some major label act or anything like that. It's it's you know, it's it's just a really damn good song. It just goes to show that if you if you love the process and continue to hone the process, I could, I equate it to a video game: the the writing, recording, and releasing of songs. Because every time you do it, you're going to level up. You're going to get better at it, and so. Eat that mushroom, and all of a sudden you can smell colors. Yeah, man. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, but the more that you do it, and the more that you make yourself aware of what is going on in the industry you have chosen, or you has been you have been chosen by, however you'd like to put it, um, the better you will get at it, and the more oppor- the better you get at it, the more opportunities like that present themselves to you. Yeah, and I think she does have a publishing deal with Warner, but no, that helps a little bit. So maybe that's just now. I know the license shows that, but she's not some huge art. Like this isn't some big legacy act, and so it is a Miley Cyrus, absolutely, or Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this sucker up. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, and remember to rate and subscribe us on Apple and Spotify podcast. Give us five stars. Leave a hilarious comment. Please use the word stars if you can. Six if you can as much as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! My friend sent me the the um, Wheeler Walker Jr. song. She's a country music fan. Uh, Have you heard this song? Love that song. (laughs) I. (laughs) It's like I'm covering this immediately. Anyway, carry on. (laughs) We should do a cover of it. (laughs) That should be covered a lot, actually. Yeah. No, that's it. Just uh, you can find us anywhere. You find your fun things online at Two Shots Music Pod on all of your little social stuff. Two Shots Music Pod. And and thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Have fun. You're all so cool. Thanks for being here. I love you. Okay, bye.